Every summer, I am fortunate enough to spend a week or two of my study leave at the Chautauqua Institution in upstate New York. The first few years my family stayed there, we stayed as guests of the Presbyterian House. It's a denominational house that's situated right in the center of Chautauqua, right across, right next to its incredibly large and beautiful amphitheater. One of the best things about the location of the Presbyterian House is that you can easily watch the dress rehearsals for all the evening concerts. It's like a free backstage pass. Nearly every year I've been there, members of the North Carolina Dance Theater Program, now called the Charlotte Ballet, perform several evening concerts. Now, while their performances are good, I'll be honest, two hours of ballet is hard for me. And I, and I kind of find the performance a little bit too scripted for my liking. The rehearsals, however, are captivating. At the dress rehearsal, you can sneak down front and get close enough to see both the dancers on the stage and the dancers who are waiting in the wings. And surprisingly, every year, it's the dancers waiting in the wings that grab and captivate and hold my attention. No offense to the folks on the stage, but the people in the wings are so interesting to watch. Some stretch in ways that seem painful to me. Others dance in place, practicing their move time and time again. More than a few are lost in their headphones in the sounds of music. And many of them just stand there silently in stillness waiting, waiting for the director to call their name so they can step onto the stage and create something beautiful with the other dancers. But as they wait, almost every one of them is waiting alone. It's like a dance within the dance. Alone, and then together. Alone, and then together. Theologians have long argued that God's primary impulse is to create. First our universe, then our world, and then all creatures big and small. The how and why of this creative process is still debated today, but few people argue the main point. God loves, delights in creating beautiful things. It stands to reason, then, that we, as God's children, also have within each of us this impulse to create something beautiful. And it's this impulse to create something good and lasting and real that has driven human progress for millennia. Like our Creator, we we long to engage in the hard but meaningful work of creation. We create things all the time, every day. The trouble is, we don't always create beautiful things. In his review of George Balanchine's ballet Serenade, put to the music of Tchaikovsky's 1880 Serenade for Strings and Sea, writer and critic Alistair Macaulay describes what makes Balanchine's ballet such a masterpiece. This is what he wrote. At the opening of the ballet, 17 young women are all facing the front, all dressed alike, all slowly going through a ritual that strikingly resembles that of religious devotees. In what follows, as we watch, loners, 
connections between individuals, kernel-like groups of three, four, and five, and suggestions of love and loss, consolation and transcendence. We constantly see how lives are absorbed in something larger than private concerns. Each of the four movements, he goes on, of the grandly imperial symphony in C features a very different ballerina. The structurally starting, startling event is how, in the finale, the ballet brings these dissimilar divas side by side to dance the same steps. The collective matters more than the star, and the fascination of the pattern that includes them all matters most. Yet, the human is never reduced to the status of a cog in the machine. Rather the opposite. The composer's style and choreography maximize each dancer's energy. His are realms in which each person, each dancer, makes intense claims upon life. Alone, and then together. Alone, and then together. Today's two passages are an unlikely pair. The psalm speaks to our need to be silent and still before God, while the passage from Mark reminds us again that God calls us from our isolation into relationship, into community with other people, alone and then together. At first glance, these passages don't seem to have anything in common, but when read together, when partnered together, They remind us of an important truth. For in the words of the psalmist and the call of the disciples, we are reminded that to create something beautiful and lasting and real, both as individuals and as a community of faith, we need to dance. We have to dance between moments of quiet stillness with God and times of authentic interaction with other people. To create something beautiful and good and lasting and real, we need to be alone and then together. Alone and then together. This is the ebb and flow, the dance of faith. For as long as we seek as individuals and communities and institutions and governments, as long as we seek to create something without first being still before our Creator, As long as we engage in the important work of making things, doing things, creating things, without being reminded that our work does not define us or other people, all our attempts to create something lasting and beautiful and real, all of them will ultimately fail us. Alone and then together. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said, Whoever cannot live alone should beware community. Whoever cannot live alone should beware community. Modern marriage counselors have taken this a step further by teaching us that whoever doesn't love themselves will be unable to love or be loved by someone else. Alone and then together. In my ministry, I have witnessed, and I've seen it here, how so many of us are frantically working and striving, and struggling to create a reality, to create a reality that satisfies our dis-ease. We do it at home, with our families, 
We do it at work with our colleagues, and we love, we love to do it at church. We are so busy doing, creating, striving, making. We work so hard each and every day to save our souls to, by building up a resume or a family or a portfolio or an institution or a program or a structure that will serve as our rock and our foundation. And yet, unless I'm totally off here, and yet despite all of our creative work, all of us, myself included, struggle to enjoy the things that we create and the things and people and institutions we create them for. We struggle to enjoy the very thing that we spent all the time making. Instead of taking a moment to pause before we engage in the important work, all too often we see these moments of stillness, of calm, as a reward for the hard work we've already done. We love to take our rest, don't get me wrong, but only after we have completed our work. When the French philosopher Blaise Pascal died in 1662, his servant found a scrap of paper by chance sewn on the inside of his jacket. It turned out to be a testimony of something that had happened to Pascal eight years earlier, which he had written down and kept close to his heart the rest of his life. This is what he wrote. In the year of grace, 1654, on Monday, 23rd of November, from about half past ten in the evening until about half past twelve. Fire, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, not of the philosophers and scholars, certitude, certitude, feeling, joy, peace, God of Jesus Christ. Despite being a renowned mathematician, physicist, inventor, and philosopher, it was this moment of intense connection with his creator that Pascal carried with him each and every day of his life. It was that moment that reminded him of his intrinsic beauty and value. Now, I'm not going to stand here and promise that you will have a moment like Pascal's. That is a gift when it comes. Take it, receive it, hold on to it. I'm not going to make that promise that you'll have that kind of intense experience of God. But I can tell you that compared to anything else that might be filling your time and your attention, nothing will feed your soul more. Nothing will feed your soul more than time alone with God. I have never in 15 years of ministry heard anyone say, you know, I'm just spending too much time with God. Before we can create anything beautiful, we have to know that we are beautiful. Before we create anything that spreads love and peace and joy, we have to experience love and peace and joy. And this hard truth is discovered in the tension between the psalmist's call to silence and Jesus' call to community. Before we can be together, we first need to be alone. In a few weeks, a group of adults from this church will be heading down to the Dominican Republic to reinitiate our relationship with the people of Batay 105. 
But unlike most years, the group heading down to the Dominican this year has no idea what kind of work they're going to be doing. And it is terrifying the folks that are going. They don't know what they're going to do. Instead of forcing their way onto the stage with ideas of what the people of Batay 105 need and building things that aren't really necessary for their well-being, the folks that we're sending down are entering the community from the wings, awaiting God's direction. Before they seek to move and serve in concert with the people of Batay 105 to do a good and lasting and beautiful work, they will quiet their minds to hear the still, small voice of God, a voice that will remind them who they are and help them discern the good work they are called to do. And this entering into the situation without a plan will not be easy. Stopping all our frantic activity for the sole purpose of being in the presence of God is hard. It's uncomfortable. It's not easy to be still before anyone, let alone God, before we create and do and work. It's not easy to be still and wait for God's in silence, but it is always, always good. To my experience, we all have a choice. We can set aside time each day to wait in the wings and listen for God's direction, or we can be a diva, which can be fun, and step out on the stage whenever it serves our purpose. We can either seize control of our life, be in charge of things, or we can let go of control and experience something bigger and fuller and deeper. We can either frantically create our own reality in our own way, or we can slow down and remember that God alone is our rock and our salvation. A stage full of dancers doing whatever they want is painful to watch. I know some people call it modern dance, but to me, I'm not buying it. A stage full of dancers all doing their own thing is hard to watch, but so is a stage full of dancers who have no sense of who they are, who they are in the eyes of God. The beauty of dance, at least to me, like the one we saw today, the beauty of dance is in the miraculous blend between individual and corporate expression between our God-given uniqueness and our communal power. Alone and then together. Alone and then together. This week, before you seek to create something beautiful, take a moment to wait for God in the quiet stillness to remember that God already has created something beautiful. Before you act upon your impulse to do and work and be and strive and yearn, Take a moment to remember that God loves you the way you are and that God is eager to call you into a good work that will give you life meaning and improve the lives of other people alone and then together. Amen.